0: So, in the month of August, I am lifting up some of those heroes of faith that the writer of Hebrew references, (laughs) talks about the witnesses, the cloud of witnesses that come before us. And last Sunday, I talked about Queen Esther and her courage. And today, I want to talk about the shepherd boy, David. David taking on Goliath. It is everybody's favorite Sunday school story. And before I read it, it's, a, it's such a big story that I want to give you the backstory story before I get to the nitty-gritty part. But I want you to keep in mind first a few things that uh, David is, tradition says that David wrote many of our 150 Psalms. We know that David was a musician, that he played his lyre for King Saul to entertain him. And so, um, if you think about some of the Psalms, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Psalm 27, or one that I'm sure you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David the shepherd boy takes on Goliath. And the story goes from the book of Samuel that the Philistines were trying to defeat the Israelites... And the two armies are encamped on a mountain or a big hill, and down in the valley is no man's land, the Valley of Elah. And they're both of the armies are on either side, and nobody's making a move because no one wants to go down into that valley and be a sitting duck in a time of hand-to-hand combat. And so days and days go by, and finally the Philistines propose a challenge. Let's do a one-verse-one battle of soldiers to decide this war. And they choose Goliath. And Goliath was super, super tall. And this is how the scripture describes um, just even his armor. It says the shaft of his spear was like a waver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and his shield bearer went before him. We know that Goliath was nearly seven feet tall. Now today we would put a blue jersey on him and a basketball in his hand, blue, and um, we would ready have him ready to play basketball, but back then In that time and place, can you imagine how Goliath stood out in the midst of just hand-to-hand combat? He must have been so intimidating and so scary. And each day for 40 days, Goliath comes down into that valley and he he heckles and he taunts the Israelites and nobody's going to challenge him. After so many days, Jesse begins to be worried about his three sons that are serving with King Saul's army. And he worries that maybe they're running out of food rations. And so he has his youngest, David, the shepherd boy, go to King Saul's army and bring some food ration for the soldiers. And while David's there, he sees Goliath doing his daily taunt. And he says, I, I, could, I could take on this. Goliath, I could take him on. And this is where our scripture picks up today, and I want to read with you. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse 37. David said, The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed him with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor and tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. And then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. I'm not used to them. So David removed them. And then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag, in the pouch. His sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, And I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God of Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Now when the Philistine Goliath drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out one stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Boom. Goliath goes down. Now it gets a little more bloody and gruesome from here, but I'm going to keep this a PG sermon today, but Goliath dies, David wins, the Israelites win, and I have always seen David as thinking that he could take on this giant. The fact that he even thought he could take on this giant is a sign of the brashness of youth, the foolishness of youth, you know, that just too young to know better. I remember years ago um, i was invited back to the disciples divinity house at vanderbilt where i had lived and the divinity house is for Disciples students in studying at vanderbilt to live in residence together and to study together and it's a whole wonderful spiritual community to be a part of and we have a dean of the house there and i was asked to come back for a learning event about pastoral ministry and after I gave my talk to all these students, and, and almost all the students are pretty much just out of college, so 23, 24, 25, and uh, I gave my talk about ministry and whatever wisdom I had or thought I had. And then I left time for questions and discussion. And I remember as the students started asking questions of one another and discussing things about how they would handle different things. I slowly began to think that they sounded very naive. They seemed so clear cut and so obvious of how they would handle things and so simple and maybe a little bit high and mighty too. And as I was listening, I just leaned over to the dean who was the dean of students while I was there and I just said, did I sound like this? And he said, yes, you did. You know, there I was, 10 whole years ahead of them in ministry, and I was already putting that on them. Ah, the foolishness of youth, the brash courage of youth, but I began to really understand that I have begun to see this story of David wrong after I um, listened to a lecture by someone who wrote a book on David and Goliath, Malcolm Gladwell, if you've ever heard of him. He's very popular. He has a great podcast. And he wrote this book and he gave us talk on David and Goliath. And what he pointed out so clearly to me was that it wasn't the brashness of youth. It wasn't foolish courage that David brought that day. It was plain old skill. David says that he had killed a lion and a bear defending his sheep. Shepherds were known to be rough and tumble guys. They had to live out in the wilderness. They had to be there 24-7 to protect their sheep at all costs. And to have a sling, we might think it's a child's toy now, but in a time of hand-to-hand combat, to have a weapon that made you able to attack without physically being close was a wonderful skill to have. And David had that skill. But even King Saul underestimates David because what does he do? He gives him his armor. He says, Here, take my armor, put this on, put this bronze helmet on your head. And he even gives him his own sword. And you just imagine the shepherd boy David trying to move around in somebody else's armor, and it wasn't him. It wasn't him. He wasn't King Saul. He was David the shepherd boy. And what is amazing to me about David is that not only did he have the skill to fire that slingshot and the courage to do it, but he also had the wisdom, especially for someone at a young age, to recognize that he did not need to be anybody else but himself. He didn't need to face Goliath as King Saul would try to do. He needed to face Goliath with all that God had already given him just as he was. And so he takes off this armor. He puts down the big heavy helmet. He drops that king's sword and instead picks up five smooth stones and puts them in his bag and he heads down to face Goliath into that valley of the shadow of death. (laughs) He goes. And he gets there, and as soon as Goliath sees him, he begins to taunt him. He, too, clearly underestimates David's skill. And before they can even start to fight, David throws that rock, and the giant goes down. And I wanted to tell you all about this because I was thinking this week. In fact, I've probably even told you about it before, but it's an important story for me as a minister. It's something I carry with me, and a story from someone in my own church years ago who had, um, he had an alcohol addiction, and he had gone for help. His life had uh, imploded in all the ways that you can imagine, and he had finally decided to go and get help, and he did and uh, first inpatient, and then outpatient, and then AA and a sponsor, and as his pastor, it was just amazing to watch him walk that road. It's amazing to watch, uh, resurrection is the word I think of. He, he, his faith really grew, his, his faith journey, he deepened that walk with Christ, and he And he got a new job, and he slowly over time healed many relationships that he had hurt in different ways, and it was just amazing to watch. And about two years after he had started this whole journey, one day out of the blue, I got a phone call in my office, and he said, I want to tell you something. I said, okay. And he said, "Um, I was alone this past weekend on Saturday, and I thought that I could have a few drinks and I couldn't have a few drinks and I didn't stop at a few drinks and I woke up the next day and I called my sponsor and I told him and now I'm calling you today because I want you to pray for me and I wanted you to know that today is day three and here's the thing he didn't have to make that phone call I. If I were him, I could, have, I could hear that voice so easily of saying, I don't want to disappoint everybody. I don't want to make people disappointed in me. Let's just keep it my little secret, shove it under the rug a little bit. But he didn't. He chose to recognize the gifts that God had already given him. His honesty and accountability, The support, the friendship, and his faith. His faith in a God who would not leave him or forsake him. And I admire that courage. And he used what God had already given him to do that. And still, to this day, he's walking that road. And I know that every one of us, at some point in time in our lives, face things that seem insurmountable too big to face, too scary and too hard. The doctor calls and the news isn't good. Standing at the foot of the grave and wondering how your heart will ever go on. The boss calls you in on a Friday afternoon and tells you the jobs are being cut in the factory and yours is one of them. A global pandemic we haven't seen the likes of in over a hundred years. We all face hard things. And we don't get a choice on any of that. But what we do get to choose is how we will face them. How we will respond to these moments. How we will face these giants head on. And when you begin to walk down that valley into the shadow of death, I hope you will remember David, not just his courage but his wisdom to know that he needs to be who he is. The gifts God has already given him were already there for the taking. He didn't need to fight a battle as anybody else. He just needed to be the person God had created him to be. Faith is just courage that said its prayers. And as David said, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And I wonder if this week, if we can keep those words close to our heart. When they wheel us into surgery, The Lord is my light and salvation, whom shall I fear? When we stand at the grave, the Lord is my light and salvation, whom shall I fear? When the news is scary, put a post-it note on our television, write it on your mirror, whatever you need to do to hold it close, to write it in your heart. The Lord is my light and salvation, whom shall you fear? So when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can know and trust that you don't need to be anything but who you are. You are loved more than you can know, braver than you realize, and the Lord is your light, your salvation. So what do you have to be afraid of? Amen.